0: And so this morning, I'm going to get ready to go back into our our series on the Holy Spirit. Again, remember, first week we talked about how the Holy Spirit wants to anoint us with power. And it's not power for ourselves. It's power for someone else. It's sharing Christ boldly. It's experiencing the fullness of God. It's understanding that He's strong when we're weak. It's understanding that the Holy Spirit wants... I was actually talking with somebody yesterday, you know, with, with everything going on in culture, and you see commercials and... You know, the, the, the Bible says, don't be, dr- don't be drunk, but be drunk on the Spirit. And as I'm sitting and thinking about that, I'm like, everything you think you're going to get from that bottle, the Holy Spirit wants to give and, and give you something real in it. And, and so as, as I, you know, counseled people this week and talked with people this week and prayed with people this week, it just kept coming back to a couple of different statements. That one, and then the Holy Spirit, you know, says, and Jesus says in his word, the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as you love yourselves. Well, how many of you ever heard say, I just don't like myself, but I can love my neighbor? Well, Jesus just told us in Scripture, we cannot possibly love our neighbors correctly if we don't love ourselves. Because we're loving them like we love ourselves. And so we can't fake it. And so we need the Holy Spirit's presence. We need His power living inside of us. We need the Holy Spirit. And so today as I get ready to go into this, today what I want to talk about is the Holy Spirit, the gifts, the spiritual gifts that the Bible talks about. Now, I talked about in the first week, there are extremists in everything we do. There are people who have gone over the top with with seeking gifts and, and the manifestation of the gifts and all of that stuff. I truly agree with that, but just because somebody goes crazy with it doesn't mean it's wrong. And so... In, in fact, in 1 Corinthians 14.1, Paul says, Pursue love, yet earnestly that desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you might prophesy. See, Paul, the Bible, exhorts us to seek the spiritual gifts, but don't seek just the gifts. Seek the giver of the gifts. See, that's where the extremist thought process comes in, is we want the gifts, but we don't want the giver. The giver comes with the gifts. And we cannot properly use the gifts that God's given us without God showing us how to use them. And so if you're a believer in Christ this morning, the Holy Spirit has equipped you with gifts to serve Him and to serve others. See, we have the Father, we have the Son, we have the Holy Spirit. And God has given you gifts through the Holy Spirit to make a difference in the world it's not necessarily to make a difference in your life will it make a difference yes will the holy spirit convict you yes will the holy spirit draw you and give you insight to things yes but we want to we want to move in the power of the holy spirit as he guides us not as we think we should so if you want to open your Bibles today, if you've got your Bibles with you, and it will be up on the screen as well, to 1 Corinthians, we're going to jump into verse twelve this mo- or chapter 12 this morning. And see, what does the Bible say about spiritual gifts? What is Paul teaching us about spiritual gifts? And so, dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, open up our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to hear from you this morning. Put aside a, even what we think we believe, God, and speak to our hearts afresh in something new this morning reveal something to each one of us this morning god where we're at because as you speak to each one of us god you change each one of us into becoming the body that you've called us to become we support each other we we work with each other we live with each other god and we and we love each other and that only happens holy spirit when you do your work in our hearts as individuals so god open up our hearts this morning in jesus name amen All right, so if you're in 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to start in verse 1. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your questions about special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along and worshipping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are different gifts, or different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Then he finishes in verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And so as we read that this morning, and we're going to break down a little bit more of it in a little bit, but Paul's heart for the Corinthians that we're reading about here is the same heart that God has for us today. He doesn't want us to misunderstand spiritual gifts. He wants us to seek spiritual gifts because he knows they are the power that brings the Holy Spirit with us for his power to be shown to the world. See, God's desire for you and for me is that we'd we'd be informed directly about his incredible gifts from the giver, the Holy Spirit. And so he dwells in each one of us. When you gave your heart to Jesus, guess what? The Holy Spirit came and lived in your life. It's that simple, salvation, done. Nothing you can do, you can't earn it, you can't do anything to get it. The Holy Spirit now is residing with you. Now, the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, which is coming up, is the Holy Spirit was poured out on all believers for the empowerment to go do the work that he called us to do. See, this work is too hard. Even being a pastor is too hard for me to do under my own power. Now, you will see people who do it, but you will also see down the road where they lose it. And see, I don't ever want to get to that point. I want to make sure that our church, that if the Holy Spirit was pulled away as Sean's leading worship, if the Holy Spirit was pulled out of our church, everything we did stops. Honestly, because if the Holy Spirit ain't working here, we're missing the point of why we're here. And so like I said before, I could be a great speaker, but if the Holy Spirit isn't speaking to you, I'm just a good speaker. I'm, we're not seeing transformation in the lives. And isn't that why we said we'd follow Jesus? It's to go and make disciples. It wasn't to come here. It wasn't to go to a new cool building. It was to say, guess what? We're going to go. We're going to find that next one that Jesus is looking for. A little segue, I just started a new book, if any of you guys want a good book to read, One at a Time by Kyle Eidelman. Uh, and I'm going to probably end up having to teach a series on it because it's awesome. But he and in that book, and what the Holy Spirit wants to do through us as, as I've been praying about this week, is Jesus had a way to zoom the lens in on the one who was right in front of him. If you think about when he healed the woman who was bleeding for 12 years, he's got crowds all around him. But the minute she touched him, It was the one in front of him that he reached. See, it's not what happens here on a Sunday morning. It's what happens here on a Sunday morning, one-on-one. We focus, and then we bring it into the body, and the Holy Spirit builds the body. See, spiritual gifts are never birthed by us, and they are never given for selfish gain. See, the Holy Spirit longs to teach us how to use the gifts. How many of you guys have ever gotten a gift and you opened a box and you had no idea how to put it together? How many of you guys, if you're like me, you just look at the pictures, you don't read the instructions? How many of you know we have an instruction manual that teaches us how to use the gifts? And it's called the Bible, and it's called the Holy Spirit and they will guide us and lead us into all understanding. That's what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. And so when we understand that the gifts are given to us out of perfect love, but it's for the common good of all people, we start using our gifts to see lives changed, not to make our life easier. We're following Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. Well, Jesus went to the cross, so I'm pretty sure he wasn't comfortable in everything he did. So what makes us think as Christians today, we're supposed to be comfortable in everything we're doing? When we take a stand for what's right, when everyone around us is telling us it should be okay. See, that's where we need the Holy Spirit and that conviction to say, no, I'm not going to take that path. I'm not going to walk that step. I'm going to follow what God says because that is more important to me than anything else. And the Holy Spirit, as they just said, is the only one who will give us that conviction to stand when everything around us is telling us it's okay. And so we need that power of the Holy Spirit. We need those gifts of the Holy Spirit. See, whether you've been given the gift of wisdom, of knowledge, of faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, tongues, or interpretation of tongues, your purpose in the gift is to be the same as the Holy Spirit's. And that is love. Rob Ketterling says on his website about his churches: is is we're never going to compromise the truth but we'll never do it in a condemning way. We'll never present the truth of Jesus where it condemns people. And the only way to do that is the Holy Spirit's got to be with us. Because if you think about it, and I've said it before, the very people that want nothing to do with the church today were the very people that flocked to Jesus. So what we're missing is that power of the Holy Spirit saying, guess what? Yes, we all have sinned, we all fall short of the glory of God, but God accepts us and loves us too much to leave us there. I've talked with people over the last few weeks, actually over the last couple years, that true love will not tell some somebody something that they want to hear when you know it's wrong. True love will help them make the right decision and point out. Mark Batterson in his one book, Do It for a Day, that I was read, that I read says, you know, we all need that friend that when we hear of something screwing up and we, you know what they're doing is wrong, you need that friend that's going to ask, how how's that working out for you? That's going to challenge you on it. Because again, we can all find friends who will jump in the gutter with us. But do we have friends that won't jump in the gutter and will help lift, a, lift them out? That's what God's called us to do, is to lift people up, to encourage people. So as we start off, let's just start off quickly with just a working definition of spiritual gifts. And then we're going to look into the scripture, into more scripture and break down scripture a little bit more. So the question is, what is a spiritual gift? And it'll be up on the screen. It might be on your sheet as well. It says a spiritual gift is simply a supernatural ability given to all Christians to do God's work on earth and to make a difference. That's what a spiritual gift is. And see, if you read Scripture, it should start in the church and then overflow to the world. See, we all talk about y'all, I'm sure y'all have heard people, if you've been around church at all, that everybody wants revival, but that's their thought of revival is a bunch of people coming in. God's thought of revival and the Holy Spirit's thought of revival starts with us and then goes out into the world and brings it back. It doesn't come in. See, Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Now I'm going to make fish jump in your boat. It's not about just being here. It's about being here, being filled, going out, reaching people, bringing them back with you, bringing them on the journey with you. And we journey through life together. See, in, in that in that first verse of, of that we just read in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, now let me tell you about the spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be an idiot. I want you to understand it. Okay, that might be the message version. Or the gene version. I don't know. But he's saying, you've got to understand what your gifts are. Don't, don't listen to what other people are saying. Don't listen to how other people will bash it. Don't listen and say, guess what? They're not meant for today. Because you will hear that as well. Yes, if it's in the Bible, it's meant for today because God's Word never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Nothing that is written is gone and, dece- and st- ceases until Jesus comes back, then everything is fulfilled. And so we, we, we all say we want to know about spiritual gifts. I, I want you to know about the spiritual gifts. And Paul says, as I wrote it down in here, I don't want you to be ignorant. But yet, according to one study, 87% of Christians don't know anything about the spiritual gifts. Paul's exhorting us, saying, I don't want you to be ignorant about the spiritual gifts. And yet, nine out of ten Christians know nothing about their gifts. Now, I will blame some of that on leadership of the church, because we haven't taken the time to walk with people to find their spiritual gifts. Now, I will say we've also I've also walked with people, helped them find their spiritual gift, and they tried to use it for personal gain, and we, that's not what the gift is for either. And so, we need to understand what does God say about the spiritual gifts. We're not supposed to be ignorant about the spiritual gifts, which means what? We have to take the time to read. We have to take the time to get into Scripture. We have to take the time to understand that, guess what? Even though I don't think I deserve a gift, my Father gave me a gift. He's given each one of you a gift, whether you think you deserve it or not. Whether you think it's your birthday or not, He gave you a gift. See, that's that's what God does. But here's the thing with gifts they are no good if you just receive them and never use them. See, if you leave a gift in the box, if you bury it in the backyard, or if you never break it out and use it, what good is that gift? So even if I know what the spiritual gifts are that God's given me, but I never use them, what good is that? Now, when you all gave gifts to your kids, you were hoping they would open them up and play with them, right? Now, if they were little, they played with the box more than the toy, because that's what little kids do. But here's the thing with, if they stopped playing with it, was it any good? No, when I was growing up, we had toys made of metal. If you didn't play with them, they would rust and fall apart. Nowadays, we make everything replaceable. But the thing with the gift is if you don't use it, there, there was never a purpose for the gift. See, if God gave me the gift of leadership, and all I ever do is run around and say, "I don't want to be a leader, what good is that gift? If God's told you, and, and I'm going to take a shot in the dark that some of you have had um, and, and I'll, I'll preface it with this story and I think some of you have heard the story, I was walking through the hospital one night and this girl was coming down, just had this look on her face, like, uh-huh. you know, it had a sad look on her face. And, and I walk up and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, nothing. And I stopped her and, and I'm like, okay, you're lying to me, first of all. What's going on with your pregnancy? What do you think her face looked like when I said that? First off, how do you know I'm pregnant? It's called a gift of prophecy. God had given me a word for her. And instantly she broke down, started crying, shared what was going on, and we prayed. A week later she comes back, everything's okay, God, God did some good stuff. I was talking to somebody else, and they were talking about a marriage problem. Actually, I was, I was actually for this from another pastor, and he was telling me this story of using the gifts of the spirit and and how real they still are today and he had this guy just complaining about his wife and how she didn't do this and she didn't show him affection and she never blah 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 and he goes all of a sudden god just came over me and i had a word from him he's like you're you're hooked on pornography and having an affair you need to stop it instantly the dude's face turned ashen white and he broke down and said you're right I think some of you guys have had that prompting and have been scared to speak out what God's telling you because you're worried about what the other person's going to think and God's saying, no, that's exactly what I want to use to reach this person. See, you've all been gifted by by the Holy Spirit and by God to reach people. Now, it does say in Scripture that, guess what, He, He gives them a lot of times as needed and He gives them for the benefit of others. And, and that's what we need to remember and understand about this. When we read the manual of the, of the Bible about how to use the gifts, we, don't, we will make mistakes. Trust me, you're going to make mistakes. But isn't that how you learn? I'm willing to bet all of you, no matter how athletic you think you are, when you started riding a bike, You fell. Did you stop? No, you got up. You had a mother or a father or a brother or a sister or somebody who was there to hold you back up and push you. See, that's that's what we do. We let you make mistakes, and then we come alongside and teach you how to continue to use that gift to become better. Just because you make a mistake with it doesn't mean that you're a mistake, and it doesn't mean the gift was a mistake. It means sometimes we have to learn how to live in those gifts told you before, I very rarely ever introduce myself as a pastor. Why? Because I don't see myself as a pastor. I don't think I deserve. I know who I was. I know where I'm going. I know I still got a long ways to go. But God said, no, that's a gift I've given you to reach and love people. I'm like, I don't like people. He said, I don't care. You're going to learn to love them. And so over time, I have. And then this book I'm reading, like I said, is wrecking me. With Just focus on the one in front of you. And so I've got a lot of things on my mind, just to be honest. I'm sitting in the building yesterday thinking, okay, what do I got left to do to get this ready for inspection this week? i got to do this, 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 And I get a phone call, and I'm like, seriously, I don't have time for this phone call. And all of a sudden, God wrecks me with my book, smacks me in the back of the head, and says, remember the one. Okay, God, I need to slow down. And I spent about 20, 25 minutes talking to them on the phone, just hearing what was going on. Now, see, that would have been cool enough. But five minutes after I hung up and started working, again, somebody else called. He said, we're really gonna check you now to see if you can focus on the one. That one I cut shorter and guess what? I got convicted by the Holy Spirit saying, guess what, you lost your focus on the one. So I had to pray, apologize, get back to work. (laughs) No kidding, another phone call. See, you guys think I'm preaching to you most of the time when really God's preaching to me and he's going to test me on what I'm saying if I believe it. And almost every Sunday, Monday, I deal with that. Remember you talked about this yesterday. Do you really believe it? Let's check it out. And he tests me in something. And then sometimes I pass, sometimes I fail. He says, you're going to need to take a retest. Didn't do good on that one. I'm like, you're right, I didn't. I just preached about this yesterday, God. You were talking to me about it all week. Help. And I start all over again. Because see, that's the thing. God will let you learn to use his gifts. The other thing we have to remember with our spiritual gifts is we also have a natural personality. Now, for those who knew me when I first got saved, I'm basically talking to Emil and Beulah and Sean up here. And Jason actually knew me when I first got saved. My personality is when I is we're headed this direction. Two options, you can get run over or you can get on board. That's all there was to it. That's because that's my personality. I'm determined, I'm driven, let's get it done. Well, you you hand that personality to the gift of a of a teacher, of a pastor, they don't marry well. Because I can come off then as brashy, as conceited, as arrogant even though that's not my heart. And so we take our personalities, we have to surrender those to the Holy Spirit so that he can tweak our personality. Because he doesn't want me to lose my personality. Who I am is who God created me to be. But he wants me to use it for him. And so the same zeal I had with that thought process is the same zeal I can have today to love people to point them to Jesus. Now you marry that with the pastor, and it's a better shepherd. So, see, don't think you're going to have this all wrapped up by the end of the day today. This has been a 20-year process for me right now. And see, too often we live in this microwave society that when I know my gifts, everything should just fall together and everything should be good. No, it may take a couple days. (laughs) It's a lifetime of learning. We never achieve. But God says you can receive when you trust me. See, our, our, my greatest desire has got to be the giver and not the gifts. Because gifts, the Holy Spirit says, guess what? I give them to who I want, when I want. So He's given us all gifts, but He's saying, I want you to know Jesus more. See, too often we want the miracle and not the miracle worker. And that's not us, Jesus is the miracle worker, we're just His worker. Now, will He use us? Yes. So the first thing I want to look at quickly this morning is five things that spiritual gifts are not. And if you got your handout with you this morning, they'll probably come up here on the screen, sweet. We got it to work correctly. Um, Spiritual gifts are not natural talents. See, we all are born with things that just come easier to us, whether it's numbers, whether it's music, whether it's sports, whether it's art, whether it's um, history any of that stuff we all have stuff that we have natural ability in that we're naturally good at and see natural gifts are not spiritual gifts necessarily they are gifts god put in us when we were born but see we receive spiritual gifts when we're born again and then he can take those natural gifts and make them spiritual gifts to be used before that they're just natural gifts See, I've played music my whole life, never been really good at it, but I've always loved it, and it makes sense to me when I look at it. And because music made sense to me, math made sense to me, because music's just numbers, and that's just how my brain works. You put something else in front of me, and I'm like, like a wall and how to join this thing together, and I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. Why would you cut it that way? It ends up working, and I'm like, oh, see, my brain don't work that way. It's not a natural ability, but there's other people who have that natural ability. But when we're born again, we receive his spiritual gifts, and he adds those on top of our natural gifts, and guess what? They get used for his glory. So when I got saved, guess what? Out of nowhere, somebody came up. Daryl did actually, for you who know him. Hey, you play any instruments? I'm like, yeah, dude, I played bass in jazz band in high school. At that time, they needed a bass player. They're like, hey, you want to play bass? I'm like sure why not i'm gonna stay in these four frets because that's all i remember and that's what i did but guess what god rebirthed in me my love my natural love for music and tweaked it and said guess what i'm gonna you're gonna use it for me now and that was my journey on becoming a pastor that's where it started playing bass at a church and i still to this day love playing bass and worship and seeing people touch getting touched by god and worship but it all happened because I surrendered my natural talents and received his gifts that came with it. So then he could use them. The second thing spiritual gifts are not is they're not given to an elite few. See, God is never going to say, okay, you Christians over here, you got it all figured out, we're going to give you gifts. You guys on this side of the room because you didn't want to sit on the, this side of the room, you're not cool, so you go over and sit in the corner, you don't get any gifts. That's not what He did. And you sitting over there on the pew by yourself. You just play by yourself. You get nothing. Uh, <laughs> that's not what God does. He says, "Guess what? I will give. I give spiritual gifts to all Christians, to everyone. Yeah, even you, Adam. You get one too. Standing in the middle. Um, you see, there is no A and B team with Jesus. There's just followers." There isn't no, you're better because you know more of Scripture than you do. No, that's not how God looks. God says, guess what, I'm going to look at the heart. I'm going to look to see, what is your heart doing towards me? Not what are you saying towards me? Not what are you dressing like towards me? Third thing, spiritual gifts are not. (laughs) Good thing. I love all you people. It's It's not a sign of spiritual maturity. I know so many people who have been baptized in the Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. And as George Wood says, so I'm okay saying it because he was our superintendent, are some of the meanest people you're ever going to meet. They they arrived because there was so much focus put on one gift that actually Paul says is the least of the gifts. He goes, I pray in tongues more than all of you. But more than that, I wish you guys would prophesy. See, just because we receive a gift doesn't mean we're special. It doesn't mean we're more mature than anyone else. Just because someone else has a different gift than you do doesn't mean that I'm more mature than they are. It means we're on the same journey with the same gifts given by the same giver of those gifts, the Holy Spirit, to do the work of representing Jesus to a lost world to show them to the Father. See, we need all the gifts functioning together so that the body can function effectively. As I said before, you cut off my leg. I'm going to need some crutches, a chair, or something to get up here, or I'm going to hop. Which at this point in my life, in this age, I ain't hopping nowhere. Might snap a hip. But if Sean walks up to me, guess what? I can put my arm around him. We can walk up here together. Because the body's functioning together. And that's what the gifts do. There are no least or better gifts. There's just gifts that He gives. And so when the body's working together, we function to show Jesus. The fourth thing spiritual gifts are not is they are not the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, you can go ahead and study in Galatians 5, 22 through 23 if you want. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, those those are not spiritual gifts. Those are what's supposed to be inside of every believer. You can't say, well, I just don't have the gift of peace. No, it's the fruit of peace and you ain't got it because you ain't given it up yet. Well, I don't have the fruit of, or the gift of joy. No, you've made the decision to not have joy. Fruit of the Spirit says joy will be evident in your life because of what Jesus has done for you, not because of the circumstances around you. And it's called fruit, meaning it's singular meaning all of them, you get them all, they should all be evident in our life. Now, we all need to work on them. Because I'm telling you right now, don't pray for patience this morning. Because by five minutes, you're going to be tested in your patience. The fruit of the Spirit are the outcome of a life surrendered to the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are given to us to represent Him. And then spiritual gifts are not something to fear. I told you the story a couple weeks ago about the first time I went down to um, Rochester Assembly of God down there and I saw people standing up in worship and they thought they were all weird. Some of you may have come in or gone into, come into a church like this, you see people who are clapping and they're happy and excited in worship and it's like, okay, those guys are just a little nuts. And yes, we are, but yes, we're nuts for God. So that's okay. They're not weird. Sometimes Christians can be Weird but the gifts are not weird one thing if you read Scripture that the Holy Spirit will always do is he always draws in unbelievers so those things you're worried about doing those things you're worried about saying are probably the very thing that unbeliever needs to hear as the Holy Spirit is prompting you because guess what it's gonna draw him to God it's not gonna push him away too often we're scared to talk about the gifts to talk of the moving of the Holy Spirit because what if somebody comes in and they don't understand it and they get weirded out and they leave well, when I read Scripture, when Paul said, guess what, if somebody's prophesying, it's for edification, the, uh, the, pers- the unbeliever will come in and be in drawn in to see- because everybody's praising God. See, we want to move in the gifts of the Spirit because that's not going to push people away. It's going to draw people in. It's not going to be insane. It's not going to be crazy because God says, guess what, the Holy Spirit is also orderly. We're not going to all run around here clucking like chickens. We're not, yeah, no rolling around on the floor. Unless God leads you to do it, We're not going to say, hey, come up here, we're going to pray for you, and I'm going to smack you on the forehead, you're going to fall on the ground. Unless God leads me to do that, which he has knocked me down at the most inopportune time. I was preaching one of my first messages ever. And during worship, I I had to go down. I tried not to because I was actually leading. So God will knock you down when you surrender to him. I'm not going to fake it, though, and I'm definitely not going to make it emotional because I want the Holy Spirit to be real to you guys. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 and 8 says, Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the spiritual abilities that the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. And this is where he says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than any of you. See, Paul is saying, seek those gifts. But don't seek one above the other. Let the Holy Spirit give you the gifts He wants to. Now, yes, speaking in tongues, I pray in tongues. Yes, I'm all about that. Why? Because it's me talking to God, nothing in between. So, yes, seek that gift as well because it is powerful. But it says, guess what? That's for building you up. It's not for building the church up. And so what I want to finish off with this morning quickly... Is, yeah, I got to go quick too. Is what are some of the spiritual gifts? And if you read, I got two scriptures written out. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8 says, go back in here. So in in His grace, God has given us different kinds of gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take your responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. That is just a quick list in Romans 12. If we jump to 1 Corinthians 12, 8-11, there's another list. It says, To one person the Spirit gives the ability for wise advice. To another the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. To the same Spirit gives the gift of faith to another. And to someone else the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit, while another is given for the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So just like at Christmas time, when you go buy your gifts for your kids, you decide what they're going to get. The Father has already decided the gifts He wants to give you. What do we need to do? Ask and open up our hands, and receive. So five things real quickly um, on how to find your spiritual gifts. The first one is study what the Bible says about your gifts. What does the Bible say say about spiritual gifts? 1 Corinthians 12, if you want to write these down, these are where you can study spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about it. Romans 12 talks about it. Ephesians 4 talks about it. And 1 Peter 4 talks about it. They are a great place to start the study on the Holy Spirit. And then we pray as we're reading Scripture, Holy Spirit, open our hearts and our minds to reveal what you're trying to teach us about spiritual gifts. And so that's the first thing we need to do is we need to get into God's Word to study the gifts. The second thing we need to do is we need to ask God to show you your gift. See, Jesus says, or the Bible says in, uh, did I write it down? No, I didn't write down the Scripture. I know where it's at, but I can't remember right now. Sorry. It says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme to kill it, kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you don't want because you don't ask God for it. If you want to know what your spiritual gifts are, ask God what your spiritual gifts are, and he will tell you what your spiritual gifts are. Now, don't be afraid when he tells you something you're not comfortable with because that's probably exactly where he's going to take you. He's going to give you a gift that's going to help you grow. And so, oh, that's James 4, sorry, 2 and 3. And see, we ask God, what gifts have you given me? And then we, then we start to walk them out. We ask God, where can I use those gifts to make a difference for someone else? Not for me, because those gifts, again, aren't for me. Third thing is, is, is we need to examine, and this is what I want you to do and think about this week, examine what you do well and what you enjoy. Because God can probably take that and give you a gift that goes along with it to help people like I said for me when it comes to music for you it might be when it comes to teaching it might have it might be a word for somebody that they needed to hear you might like talking to people and the Holy Spirit can use you to put a, speak a word into their life to encourage them see let God use you but examine what you do the fourth thing is to take a spiritual gift test now if you are interested in the back today I'll pull out our books we have some books if you don't like want to do a paperback book I can get you an online version of it. It'll be $15 to take. And then after you're done with it, we'll sit down, we'll go over it, and we'll kind of, it does your personality and your spiritual gifts, and we'll try to marry them so you can find a place to serve the body. Because the best place to start using your gift is here, because this is probably the safest place to start using your gift. Because I'm going to guarantee you're going to screw it up. I was lucky enough to have a pastor who let me speak from the pulpit before I was ready. And when we were done, we sat down and we talked. Why? Because I didn't know what I was doing. But God does know what to do. And so we sit with Him. And so, and fifth, the most important thing you can do is do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do, even when it doesn't make sense. Because your faith will grow as you do what He calls you to do. And then the greatest gift that I'm going to finish off with this morning... The ultimate gift. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is the ultimate gift we receive is eternal life.